Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. Where to wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. September 21st. Do you remember the 21st night of September? This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Tina Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. The Green Bay Packers are back, folks. We're back. Wow. So back. So back. And it's all because you decided to let Aaron Jones eat. Yeah, I uh, well, I was very pleased with the offense. I, I think only two punts, and unless I'm missing one, but and one was deep in the fourth quarter. But uh, really, just one punt before the game was was out of reach. I was very impressed with the offense. The defense is really, really bad, and that, I'm saying that knowing that Green Bay's defense didn't allow a second half point. But goodness gracious, between Green Bay and UK, Roush, my teams. What happened to my pass rushes? They they used to be menacing. Now the quarterback has all day to throw, dink and dunk, take his shots, make Goff look like a halfway decent quarterback for a half yesterday, which is far too too long to make Jared Goff look like a decent quarterback. So, uh, but but you know what? They they stepped it up in the second half. You get a big Monday Night Football win, and the Packers folks are back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Zadarius Smith's on injured reserve, so that's no, that doesn't help. Now, and he <laughs> wasn't, and he wasn't 100% last week, anyways. But Green Bay did have him against the Saints, and it still did not look, uh, did not look great between the the first half of the Lions game and the Saints entire game. Six quarters of football, you give up uh, seven touchdowns to Jameis Winston and Jared Goff combined. That that was too much. I I was not uh, I was not thrilled with how things were unfolding at halftime yesterday. But the Lions are going to lion, and again, Green Bay remained patient on offense, fed the stud, which was Aaron Jones yesterday, who uh, just so happened to have on one of my fantasy yeah, teams, huh, which, was, which was real nice. Needed twenty points out of him, ended up getting like what forty five or something like that. He was a freak. Yeah. And uh, that was fun. Watch the Manning, the Peyton and Eli broadcasts started on the regular game. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was curious, TJ, because I, I didn't know if as a fan, it would be worse to watch that one. Because like, you know, I'm there was a couple of times when they had Gronk on where there was like big things happening and Gronk's just not even talking about the game. And that would, that would probably tick me off if I was a Packers fan. So I, I started watching on the regular broadcast just cause that's a lot better at like getting the atmosphere. Although they could still uh-huh. do that. They could still do that in the Peyton and Eli one, which they, they should, they're, they're, they're close. They're close on this. This is only week two. So I don't expect them to have it all figured out, but I obviously have some complaints with it, which I will be sure to express here momentarily but that being that being said uh i started on the regular one just to kind of you know i didn't want to go too far too fast 
wasn't I, I just needed the basics, needed what I was used to for Monday Night Football when it comes to Green Bay. And I was like, all right, I, I want to hear them. I, I want to hear what's going on on the Peyton and Eli broadcast. Flip it on over, and it's during a Lions drive, and I think the Lions like promptly come down and score. I was like, all right, well, I, I may as well. I was like, that was fun. I, I remember why I like this broadcast. I will uh, I'll hang around. I want to hear them talk about Aaron Rodgers. I want to hear what Peyton says about Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be pretty fun. And sure enough, that's right when they bring Gronk on. And that was horrible. Never do that again. What? Oh, I enjoyed that. I oh, enjoyed Gronk. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. You may you may have been the target audience, but so bad. Don't stop bringing people on that like don't want to be that don't want to be there. And Gronk started with his all, you know, being I'm Gronk. I love touchdowns. I don't need to practice. I'm gonna break your record. I'm better than you are. And that's like classic Gronk, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's is very clearly a bit, and that's fine. And then Gronk was like, all right, well, I'm pretty much out of steam. And then they have so many technical issues that it's – and that, that was just a Gronk thing. It was the same way with Farv and everybody that they had on. It's that, like, they there's clearly a little bit of a delay. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, they can't react to the plays. They can't. There's, there's a tough time, like, with audio where you can't have the guests in the – and either Peyton or Eli talking at the same time, they have to give like the audio preference to somebody. So then you can't really hear the other person and they've, they've got to fix those things. In a perfect world, they're maybe all in studio together or at least Eli and Peyton would be. So that way it's a little easier if they have a, a guest calling in. But at this point, they may as well not even have any guests because it's not like I, I haven't had a guest on that I thought was super interesting. Pat McAfee's story, I don't know if you all stayed up for that. He Did told not. a funny he told a funny Peyton Manning story in the fourth quarter, but he also was like playing Pat McAfee where he was screaming and yelling and going all all bonkers over a punter and whatnot. So you gotta figure out the guest thing, but their analysis just here, I mean, and it's ninety percent Peyton and probably ten percent Eli, but their analysis watching them call football, it really is awesome. Really yeah. fun. And I think to to your point though, TJ, like I generally like like it's kind of nice to have you know story time in the background and then showing Favre highlights of him throwing the ball underhanded and they're kind of ball busting for that. But I mean, a lot of those like Peyton is just so impatient with giving his takes. He's quick. You've got to be quick with it to be on TV. Favre is not quick. Having him on there trying to like, man, it just, well, why aren't they in cover two? Yeah, like by the time that he's finished talking, it's already the next play, you know? So like, uh, I, I think I'm with you in that. I don't mind August every once in a while, but like they had Patrick Willis on. And I, I, I think he said four words in like two series and it was just, all right, you got to go. See you later, man. And it's like, Okay, let's just what are, what are we doing here? I what I enjoy most is just watching how mad they get whenever coaches do dumb things. That's the part that I love, like that or like a bad call, because the Packers were the beneficiary of a pretty weak pass interference, and Peyton was like, "Seriously, you're going to call that?" <laughs> it's it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, and they were ripping Green Bay's defense there at the end of the half, which I actually liked what Green Bay was doing there defensively at the end of the half. Uh, the similar mindset to some of Kentucky football to bring it closer back to 
to some of our listeners, but uh, they, they went after and were more aggressive. They knew that the Lions only had a few plays left in the half and just said, all right, you know what, make a make a good, good throw because we're going to come after you. We're not going to give you all day to, to pick us apart like they had been. But Peyton ripped them, basically saying, well, that's exactly what a quarterback would want. That's an easy throw to make. Why? So I, if Peyton Manning was so persistent, that's the fun thing about watching the broadcast is you can kind of have your opinion. You can see how a play – plays out or what a coach decides or what a player decides to do in that moment. And then pretty much what Peyton says, uh, that's what you probably know is like the right thing or the wrong thing to do. So when I was happy that Green Bay was going and being aggressive defensively there to end the first half, when Peyton was just ripping Green Bay's defensive coaching staff, which deserved to be ripped during that first half, I was thinking to myself like, all right, well, you know, if Peyton says that, then I'm probably wrong. Like, uh, if, if that's uh, yeah, I, I can have my opinion, but if the Hall of Fame quarterback that was one of the best in in the league for many decades is, is saying that, then well, uh, I'll take an L on that one. But regardless, hey, it ended up working. So suck it, Peyton, and suck it to the Detroit Lions because Green Bay's back, and now you turn turn the page on your fantasy weeks and for your NFL teams, and we move on to Week Three. Nick Roush, college football, you move on to week four for the Kentucky Wildcats, looking to remain undefeated at South Carolina. We got a lot of Mark Stoops yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't – there wasn't a whole lot of, like, oh, wow, this was newsy. But, you know, he said some stuff that uh, you would expect a head coach to. Like, hey, you know, it was the, – the win was bad, but we did make progress in some areas. Uh, believe it or not. And we've got to be ready to play a football game. We weren't ready last week. South Carolina is going to be a tough test on the road. People forget that a lot of these guys haven't played in front of a packed house before. They, they might have gone on the road, but it was a shell of what stadiums were a year ago. And if you've ever been to Williams-Brice Stadium, you know that that's one of the better environments in the Southeastern Conference. That place gets rowdy. They're, and after you know getting a couple early season wins, I don't think their fan base or their players are too discouraged by the loss at Georgia. I don't think you're you're allowed to get too discouraged by losses at Georgia this year. They're they're really really good, especially on defense. So uh, I think it's going to be a rowdy crowd. They haven't announced if it's going to be a blackout or not just yet. I mean, it would totally fit the bill. Of, I mean, it's happened plenty of times when Kentucky's gone down there before during the Mark Stoops era. So. Uh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting. And the the one thing I took away is that Stoops said, you know, to make sure they're ready, he's 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 going to pull some of the tape from their game in 2017. And if you remember, that was the game. You know, of course, it was a night game. First play of the game, they give up a 68-yard touchdown to Debo Samuel. Kentucky's second play on the following drive, they throw an interception. And Stoops is like, you know, that place – got loud, place erupts, and we remained calm, took it to the chin, and settled down and kept fighting another day. And that's what these guys got to understand is that if bad things happen, you can't let the crowd override you. You just got to settle in and and go punch back. The thing that I'm having to tell myself going into this week, Nick, is that Kentucky is a lot more talented than South Carolina. Yes. And regardless of what happened last weekend – and UK not looking all that great, having an FCS scare, which I would have never in a million years thought would happen with this team. Uh, you just you hit the reset button. Sounds like that's kind of what Mark Stoops' sentiment was yesterday. He's very he he said that he was pleased with the 
the the way the team responded today thought it was real business first attitude and all that sort of stuff. That's good to hear. That's what you that's what you'd like to hear coming off kind of a sleepy week. Uh, basically kind of hit home that the team the team just wasn't overly motivated for Chattanooga. You can understand that. You still even if that's the case, you, the game should still be uh be an easy win for Kentucky, but they responded the way that you'd want to hear going into this game. And at the end of the day, that's the thing you got to remember. They are the better team than South Carolina. So even if you go down there and they give you, as Roush mentioned, you give up a big play. It's happened before. You can kind of regroup. You can settle back in and 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 find a way to uh, to win. It's a it's a four quarter game, and uh, I I'm feeling a little bit more confident just hearing Stoops talk yesterday because that's uh, that's that's my sentiment. That's what I'm bringing myself back to. Kentucky is a better football team than South Carolina. So unless something really strange happens, they should it, it should go Kentucky's way. The, South Carolina has a good front seven on defense. Um, they've got uh, one playmaker. I think his last name is Van on the outside. And the running backs, I mean, Kevin Harris, who led the SEC in rushing a year ago, he hasn't really played that much this year. He had a back injury that held him out of camp. Um, so they've, they've, they haven't given him a ton of workload. I think they were trying to take it easy on him and they've been giving it to this other guy who's a former five-star running back. So they have some guys there, their quarterbacks stink. They're really bad. Uh, and I don't think they have a whole lot on that offensive line. So Kentucky's defense, this is a get right game. I think for UK's defense, just why, why is the line for this game, the same line for the Missouri game? I don't get it. How so? Well, so the Missouri game was what five? It was minus five. Georgia or Georgia, South Carolina's minus five and a half. I just don't get why that would be a comparable line. Is it just because it's at it's South Carolina? Road. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, that's how that's how lines work, Justin. I mean, the way the way it's that you three, all have talked three points. I mean, so yeah. if it was at home, it'd be eight and a half. You know, like, and that that that's feels true. about right for an yeah. SEC game. You know, yeah, that's even true. even though it is. I mean, they're still SEC. We have to remember that. Also, Justin. You know you're going to lose as nine-point favorites to Western, right? Um, I don't know that we're going to lose the game outright, but we probably don't cover that spread. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really liking the tops this weekend, buddy. Just that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. That's going to be a tough game. I've I've circled it. All all it takes is a few few bad passes by old Phoenix. Uh, it's gonna if he plays anything like he has so far this season. Don't you worry, it's going to happen. <laughs> Wow, just popping off the Phoenix. I am off the Phoenix train. Come on, Jack Tuttle. Wow. 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 All because take. Of that, all because of bad start against some good teams. I mean, he's he looked horrible against uh, Idaho. He's just I don't know. It's it's not really Penix's fault. I don't blame Penix. It's the coaching staff is not I don't know. I don't like the calls that they've made. Last year and the year before, he had freedom to do whatever he wanted. This year, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So that might be part of the issue. Hmm. <laughs> Almost like the pandemic season was a fluke, maybe. Yeah. Huh. Maybe you all were right. Huh. Interesting. No, we, we, we wouldn't want to rub it into your face, Justin. Uh, I, for one, think IU beats Western Kentucky, so... They'll, you, they'll win the game for sure, but I don't know that they cover. Don't you fret, buddy. It'll it'll all be okay. Unlike UK's chances with Derek Lively, which are not okay and came to a complete and total close yesterday, 
when he inexplicably picked Duke. We talked a lot about that yesterday, as has happened with this recruiting cycle. And, and Roush, had, he, he sets his commitment date, and we think to ourselves, because Kentucky's got all the momentum in the world, you get Kyle Tucker's tweets, bada boom, bada bing, this looks good for Kentucky. Then you could almost kind of like almost instantly figure out that this was a little different than some of the others in this recruitment. And the only reason, the only difference is, is for those other guys you knew for sure. With Lively, you had Kyle Tucker, which was being kind of confident, but pretty much everybody else was like, I, we're not sure. We, we, I, I have no idea. It, it's Duke or Kentucky. We'll have, to, we'll have to look into it a little bit more. And even that should have maybe just right in its own right, right then and there, had been our sign that it wasn't going to be Kentucky because everybody else that they've gotten during this little hot stretch that they've been on, they knew, you know, Livingston and, and Shannon Sharp, obviously, that come to mind. You Kentucky knew they were going to get those guys. You knew, like, there was no drama surrounding it whatsoever. So maybe the fact that there was even, like, a little tiny bit of drama surrounding Lively should have been our tell that this has gone a little differently than the other folks during this hot little streak. Yeah, it. I think some of the excitement, initial excitement, in it, in addition to Kyle, like his his stupid little puns that, you know, like, oh, it's a lively Friday or something like that. Like he's been pretty spot on so far during this cycle. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe his usage of bad punnetry gives him a cop out like, hey, I wasn't saying I was just saying it's possible, you know, like, I, I don't know, but. That ain't it happening on a Friday afternoon. Like you're going to get overexcited when just stuff like that happens and you're dreaming big as you're getting off work, ready to pop some tops and, uh, and have a good time on the weekend. Like, I, you know, I could see getting a little out of hand. I certainly did initially. And then, you know, like four hours later, it was like, actually, uh, this isn't like a done deal and it's probably going to be Duke. And you're like, damn it. We had those three or four hours. Where we thought it could be Kentucky. What the hell? Hmm. And what? I mean, I don't, I don't want to get all worked up over it again. But just to go play for a floor slapper, it just it it it, it makes me. It doesn't. I, I certainly don't get it. I, I just don't. I don't like I, from there. There's a a rational like oh. Well, he was your lead recruiter, and now he's going to be the head coach. So naturally, you're going to like that. But like, I just don't. I don't. Un- John Shire is such a nerd. He, I, an unproven both nerd teams, at that. Who's only both, recruited and sat next to Coach K. Both teams putting together super classes, Kentucky and Duke, and 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 whether Duke, whether Lively went to Kentucky or Duke, like Duke's class still would have been amazing. Kentucky's class, obviously, is still going to be amazing, and they're far from finished, and we'll talk more about that as the show goes on today. Uh, Both classes are going to be fine. He picks Duke. So you're going to play for a super class one way or another. I'd imagine, let's just say nil is comparable at both places because it probably should be. I I would lean that you, I think, have a slight chance of making more Kentucky just because I think people in Lexington maybe more so than Durham but but that that's 
you know, it's debatable even in its own right. And I certainly don't have any clue either. I'm, I'm talking out my butt. So let's just say nil is comparable to. So both both play, you know, either way, you're going to go to a super class. Either way, you're going to make a lot of money as an 18-year-old kid, college freshman. But then the differences are, do you want to make a lot of money and be with your super class being a Duke student running around at Duke for a year? Or would you rather do that at Kentucky? That seems like a no-brainer to me, but okay, whatever. Uh, to each their own, I suppose. And then the next caveat is, do you want to play for a Hall of Fame head coach or do you want to play pay play for a Hall of Fame head coach's little servant boy, little bag boy, little clipboard guy? Little floor slapper. Little floor slapper, little glasses, glasses defogger. A little butt wiper, whatever Shire was to Coach K. There's two big differences with the way the situations that Kentucky and Duke look. Money and playing on good teams, yes and yes, you're going to do that at both places. But you're going to play for this little goober instead of John Calipari, and you're going to do it and have the college experience that a Duke player has versus the one a Kentucky player has. Uh, doesn't make sense to me. If you want to go play with little Flip and Flopikowski, that's fine. Uh, Shaden Sharp, I'm sure, will be happy to meet you at the rim if the Cats and Duke meet. And Lively, it's it's a weird, weird decision. I love him. He's a great player. But, unfortunately, he's going to have to just suck it by going to Duke. And the thing that I just – so, no – like, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with words here. But why risk it? I mean, why take the chance on John Shire? Because the chances of him being terrible are much higher than him being a Coach K. And even if he's just okay, even if he's just an average coach or average for Duke standards, that's still not very good. I just uh, there. If you're Derek Lively and you're going to play for one year, I feel like you're you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck if you're playing alongside the other number one player in the country for a guy who's proven that he can coach one and done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, now I say all that, and yet sometimes these decisions come down to the most trivial thing so who knows there could be something at duke that it may you know maybe you'll have some girl there maybe that uh, he likes the dorm situation there i don't know we we can maybe that plays a role but to if you if you're picking if i'm a captain of a team and i've got to draft coaches and i'm it's between me and you tj i'm not picking that floor slapper i'm picking john calipari every single time you would think that'd be most folks, but uh, this does go to show that, like, at least for the time being, Duke's staying power has stayed, unfortunately. And as we mentioned on yesterday's show, just need Duke to kind of stink. We need Shire to yeah. not do great. Unfortunately, he's going to be handed the keys to the Lamborghini. He's going to have a ton of talent, a lot of good pieces there in year one. Uh, I, I still with the way that it should shape out, I still like Kentucky's class, but I probably should. I'm a UK radio guy and I'm a fan. So uh, obviously some bias that goes into that, but that was a little disappointing, uh, a slight sting. 
I don't I, I still, you know, when we go into the 2022, 2023 season, which is a long ways away. And obviously I know folks are much more focused on this football game on Saturday, rightfully so this upcoming basketball season, rightfully so, but uh, Kentucky will still be all right in 22, 23 and their attention. Nick Roush has turned to back to Adim Bona and there's still a couple other targets they want out there. But the, the news yesterday for Bona, Roush, was not so fast. N- not maybe a, a premature Bona because you don't have them just yet, and Kentucky still has a little work to do. I'm going to tell you why that doesn't matter in the slightest. While the reports for Bona yesterday were not all lovey-dovey, don't sweat it in the slightest. I'll tell you why yeah. when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Don't worry, I got an idea. An idea so smart, my head would explode if I even began to know what I was talking about. Rappers stepping to me, they want to get some. But I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome. I'm not the victory. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen here. On your Tuesday morning, uh, Justin, we didn't get to really ask you to start the show. We kind of went right into it. Did you have a good Monday? I did. Yeah, it was a it was a nice Monday. I was busy at the bar. Uh, my shift went real fast. I was able to get home and watch second half of the Green Bay game. So yeah, it was pretty good. So good you provided the good juju that Terry needed because the Lions they were they were leading at half. That's true. Yeah, right? not. Not good. I had the over in that game. Yeah, or the under. Yikes. Oh, that would have probably been the one bet. Uh, bet time, that, well, I didn't get to Indiana, so I didn't get to make them. Thanks a lot, Kentucky and stupid <laughs> legislator and all that stuff. Uh, was Lions' first half spread? I would have taken that. Green Bay always starts slow against Detroit. No idea why. Secondly, I would have probably taken the over or told you to take in the over, Justin, just because – Green Bay's gave up five touchdowns to Jameis Winston and made it look easy. So uh, the Lions. Hey, you know when you all tell me that when I have bets to tell you, you should do the same. Well, you know we didn't talk about it yesterday. Kind of on you, to be honest. (laughs) Or just the fact that we had a thousand things to discuss. We still have a thousand things to discuss. We do. We also uh, most importantly, the biggest bridal designer showcase of the year. Oh wow. That was the number one we, thing I had written down today, and we got we went through the whole first segment. I didn't even get to it. I can't believe that you didn't get to it because it's it's is it in town? There's no way they're having something like that in town, right? Where we can drive to it and go attend it. Yep, and it's not. And how lucky are we that it is in town? Or if you're a Kentuckian, it is in state or it's local to you because people will fly in all over the world because they finally did it. Roush, they have Takori. They have Viraggio, a little West Coast, a little East Coast. What do they do? They meet in Louisville, Kentucky, wow. meet in the middle. And who wins? We do. We 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 do. You're going to have the best designers from all over the globe coming into town, 
special incentives, special financing, Roush, and that is Friday through Sunday. It's a once-a-year bridal showcase. It's the grand bridal showcase. So even if you're not ready to maybe take that next big step, but you, you think you're with the person you want to be with, go go with her. You'll find out what she wants, what, what she likes, and that way you know you'll hit a grand salami when it's time to make that big decision. Or maybe you're already there, and now it's time to pick it out. You won't get better deals. You won't get better financing. That's at Genesis Diamonds on Shelbyville Road. Tell them the KRC folks sent you, and you'll get a free beverage. All right? All right. Ooh. Back to recruiting, or is there any other little quick hitters we want to get to? You know how the you know how the show format goes here on KRC, Roush. No, I do know how it goes. Um, before we get back to recruiting, I did speak with Tyrese Fearbury yesterday, and we're going to play that interview in hour number two. So something for the folks to look forward to. Oh, all right. How 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 was it? How'd it go? Uh it 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 was okay. It's not that he's a bad speaker. There was a lot going on around him, so. You know, some his attention might have might have gone wayward when I tried to, you know, yuck it up a little bit. But all in all, pretty good, pretty decent. That sounds like a six out of ten, which is fair. Yeah, I I, I really thought I could get more out of him. And I was like, what the hell's going on with the Steelers? Because, you know, Steelers fans, they can just talk. I even ran into a Steelers fan while I was getting a coffee. A uh, lady had her Steelers jersey on and and we there was nobody behind me so we end up chatting for a few minutes about how terrible they are and it's like man big ben is so old and she's like i've been saved for three years now to get rid of his ass <laughs> i was like yes this is great <laughs> oh yeah the steelers lost you guys were pretty quiet about that yesterday yeah they stink like until these are the raiders too like they're just not i think the raiders are low-key pretty good better than we think <laughs> but to have <laughs> You can't have all those talented skill players and just not get in the ball. Big Ben is just wasting away back there. I mean, I, I don't know why they didn't – like they thought, okay, we'll get Najee Harris and not draft a quarterback this year. Like it, the writing's on the wall. The writing's Ralph, on the wall. You seemed, a little, you seemed a little gruntled. Oh, I'm very disgruntled because you – the reason why you had to draft a quarterback is because Mason Rudolph stinks. I mean, I guess they're just going to like, uh, is Dwayne Haskins the other option? But they, but Dwayne Haskins isn't a real option. So I just, I know we had this conversation over the summer, Justin, but I'm all the way out on Big Ben. He just looks. It is a, it is a sketchy situation. I'll give you that. Would you be willing to roll the dice with Deshaun Watson? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you can't get him at a better value, you know? And if things turn out, then it's like, well, you got a dude who led, who consistently leads the NFL in passing. And, hey, they kind of rolled the dice with Big Ben, too, right? Like, Yes. <laughs> I mean. Very he, large, injured dice. But he, I mean, and, you know, he had his own things. That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah. So, why the heck not? He stinks. He's way too old. Huh. Well, apples and oranges comparing the scenarios, but at least there were uh, situations. That That is the comparison. There were situations. Man, how awkward is the Deshaun Watson stuff, though? Because quarterbacks keep getting injured, and you know people are saying it without saying it. They're like, well, there's Deshaun Watson, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very awkward. Yeah, I just uh, – who, who – I mean, something's got to give. You know, the more desperate NFL teams get, we've seen – People 
that you never thought would even play another down in the NFL get get chances. So it will be interesting to to see how that shakes out with him. Uh, love seeing the the Steelers come up short. Roush, maybe it's time for you to find a new NFL team. I mean, I've I've already hopped on this train for at least this year. I got to stay on it and at least gripe about him because like half of the fun is just bitching and complaining about your team so you know i can at least do that yeah the Bengals at home this week you could have some fun if, with that if you can't beat the Bengals at home then like god oh you're not a Bengals fan roush whoa Buddy, wow you t- you soundcloud can, told me otherwise you can suck it pal <laughs> oh man you're you're cruising for a noogie there justin you better watch it buddy but man, if they lose to the Bengals, that's a loser leaves town. Like you, you ain't winning that division, buddy. Well, Gosh. the good news is Green Bay goes from a Monday night football game to a Sunday night football game. Who's who's uh who's up next week? Green Bay is at San Francisco for Sunday night football. That's a good um, game, though. Yeah, That's I mean, great. Green Bay's probably going to lose. And secondly, I'm like, I hate it. The only <laughs> night game that I'm all right with is Thursday, Thursday night. Thursdays are great. Yeah. Thursday night's the only night game I'm all right with. Monday night doesn't like nobody gets excited about Monday night football anymore. Most of the time, people are just like, how quickly can I go to bed on Mondays? And secondly, Sunday, a little bit better, but like, what? Just play at one or four. Just, I, you know, I'm going to be miserable Monday morning regardless. I don't need to uh, have to stay up till midnight. The Sunday night, like, the look of it, though, I don't, it really looks great. I don't know if NBC uses different cameras, but it does look better. Um, and you know what? Monday nights, like, I, I, granted, it's early in the season and the matchups are still, like, I can still be like, okay, I'll watch Packers lines, even though I know in my head the Packers are going to win. I, it was it was I was very happy that the Packers let me go to bed in the third quarter. Like, okay, we're gonna take care of business and and we're gonna show up. But at least I got one half of contested football. Yeah, next week Eagles Cowboys on Monday night. Oh Yikes. God, why? I mean that that oh big surprise they're gonna put the NFC East on primetime. Yeah, big surprise. NFC East is a joke. Uh, anyway, sorry. There, there's your football scheduling updates for for next week. Can we can we talk a little Bona? Yeah, let's talk about the big Bona. All right. I don't even know who. Like, I think uh, I think Jack had an update. Uh, you know, I, I, David Sisk had an update at Cats Illustrated. A lot of people had different updates on on Bona, but the gist of it was mostly the same. That like. The guys yeah, Kentucky still got they Kentucky still got a little work to do with this recruitment, and they it's it's not a guarantee he's going to go there. First and foremost, I wouldn't expect anybody to say really any differently. Like at least in the the Edimbona camp, Roush, I wouldn't expect them to be like, oh yeah, he's second option to Kentucky, and now that option one isn't going there. Woohoo, he's going to be a cat. Although David Sisk with a little bit of a tidbit that. Cal was shocked that, or he fully expected Lively to pick Kentucky. So uh, I'm, I'm a little interested if that's actually the case or not. But but interesting all the same. We would maybe need David Sist to, to explain that a little bit further. But he added that little caveat to the fold. But Rosh, anyways, I wouldn't expect Bona to be like, yeah, I knew I was their second option, and now I cannot wait to jump on that opportunity. 
I would expect them to be like, hey, I, now that now that you need me, you're going to have to play the game a little bit. And that's fine. Yeah. That's basketball recruiting. That shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. That's kind of the, the, the geist of what I'm getting at is that they're like, oh, so now I'm your number one. Well, you're going to have to earn it, buddy. Like there, there's certainly a, um, I don't want to say hard feelings that he wasn't the number one, but like the, it, it, there is a, uh, an extent of, okay, well, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be as easy as you think, buddy. Yeah. It's like the, uh, it's like the guy that's in a not so great relationship and then finally has the guts to kind of step away from it say you know what this ain't this ain't for us this isn't going to work out uh, i i can i can i can do better i, I want to go out to the bars and i want to stay out late and i want to see i want to see what i can do and then after like two weekends they come crawling back to the racks roush you you've probably got a buddy like that everybody's got friends like that uh, you think that you're going to be able to uh to, to get the girl of your dreams. In reality, you may just need the safer, the better option. That's what Kentucky's kind of doing here with Bone. And you wanted Lively, had a, a little bit of a higher ceiling. and But but you know what? You could be happy with Bono. So you're on your way back home to try to make things right there. And let me add the caveat on top of it, too, that if Kentucky doesn't even get Bona, I won't care in the slightest. If Kentucky, if I'm Kentucky, I'm, I'm certainly not getting on hands, knees, and feet for Bona. I like him. Again, we talked about it yesterday. He's a sure thing in terms of being a big bruiser, a rebounder, somebody that's going to be able to pick up some fouls, be physical, and there's a way you pair him with Oscar Shoeboy, which because I'm not so sure Shoeboy leaves after this year. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see him stay as long as he could stay at Kentucky. The kid loves being a U.K. Wildcat, and NBA teams aren't really salivating at somebody that doesn't have a great offensive game. That's not really the way the NBA operates anymore especially somebody that won't be maybe an elite shot blocker. So uh, I could see Sheboy being around. And then if you have a bona Sheboy front court, I mean, goodness gracious, that's going to put people in hospitals. But I'm not I'm not sweating over Bona one way or another. You get them, that's great. I'll be happy about it. Or you don't, I won't care in the slightest, Roush, because who, who doesn't believe Kentucky couldn't go get the best grad transfer, wouldn't even have to be a grad transfer anymore. But who, who doesn't think Kentucky couldn't just go get the best transfer big plug and fit what exactly what they need oh we need we need a shot blocker all right go get the best one out there uh, who was the guy from umass mitchell last year you can just find you can you're gonna be able to find a transfer for any situation so if they don't get bona roush that just means you hit the transfer portal a little bit harder kentucky right. still uh, when, when you get shade and shade and sharp and you get the players and livingston and you have the class set up and you're gonna get probably a case and wallace then that makes even the transfer portal that much more enticing because you know you have the freak talent. You know you have the NBA players that you, that Calipari needs, that any team needs, honestly. Uh, teams that have NBA guys generally better than teams that don't. Stop the press. Headline news right there. But you, you're already in a good spot, so you're already playing with house money. And then sometimes getting a potential proven transfer can be better than the unknowns of a freshman coming into college basketball. So uh, I don't – I I – could not care less. I wanted Lively. You don't get him. What happens next? Kentucky's already playing with house money. It'll either be Bona or you'll go get the best transfer available. It's a good time uh, to be following UK basketball. In particular, big guys, it feels like there are more quality big guys out there in the transfer portal. Um, more than the, there used to be in the grad, then grad transfer, there'd or, be like one or two. And if you couldn't get those guys, then yikes, you know, you're kind of like stretching a little bit with like a Nate Cecina, if you will. But now that everybody's instantly eligible and it doesn't have to just be like your, 
your juniors and seniors. Because what, what does it say about a big guy that was like seven foot that was going into his junior, senior year of college basketball? Probably that like NBA teams aren't thrilled with them. You know, Willie Cauley Stein was a junior big guy at Kentucky, but he got hurt and he ended up making the most of his junior year. But for the most part, the NBA teams aren't really sold on them. But guys that are freshmen that can leave it after one year or sophomores, even that's uh that's a, that opens the pool a lot bigger, Roush. Well, and, and you can also have success in college basketball with post players that aren't going to be good NBA players. Uh, and, and there's also, I think more of a kind of a crapshoot with where some of these guys rank versus the guards, the best of the best guards, play like the best of the best guards for the most part. Trey Young, Cade Cunningham, like those guys have a pretty good hit rate. Whereas like with the bigs, you know, it can can kind of go one way or another. Like uh, the best big man in the country, Kofi Coburn was just inside the top 50 as a recruit, the 12th ranked center. Like you don't know where they're going to come from. And if you need to go get them, you can now in the portal. So I, I, I would much rather hit on the guards from the recruiting ranks than than trying to find them out there because I mean that if you if you if you if you're good enough guard to play at Kentucky and hop in the portal, you're probably good enough to go to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. And and say and, and again, bigs, they they can be drafted on potential. We've seen several Kentucky guys get drafted on potential. That potential, though, gets usually taken in year one or year two. It's not as much as the older guy. Like Reed Travis, there's a reason he was still in college is because he played so far underneath the rim. Super talented, hard worker. He's making a lot of money playing basketball currently. That's good. But there's a reason NBA teams weren't salivating after mm-hmm. his great freshman and sophomore year at Stanford. Now you don't have to rely on guys that are good but clearly have some limitations. You could get some freak guys in the transfer portal. Uh, you can get some really talented dudes. No, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Kentucky got, she, you know, some of the guys Kentucky has currently on the roster had some NBA hesitancy, or at least from an NBA standpoint, they had some hesitancy taking and selecting some of those guys, but it doesn't always have to, uh, to be that way in the transfer portal anymore. So I still think Kentucky's in a good spot, even without Lively. Uh, Duke fans remain just some of the dumbest on the internet, which is hilarious given the education and academic requirements and standards of Duke, the actual academic university. Uh, but that's never stopped a Duke fan before. Or uh, they were in, they they're still pulling up the Grayson Allen tweets, which you know you probably struck a chord if they're pulling up something from like five years ago. But always Jeez. good, clean. Family fun. I love it. I can't wait till November 9th. I'm going to be so obnoxious when Kentucky beats them. And Kentucky should beat them. Kentucky's a better team. You're still putting together all the pieces. You don't have somebody as talented maybe as Benchero, all things considered. But right. uh, Benchero, you're going to be having to do it. You're going to be having to score up against Keon Brooks, which, by the way, credit to Keon Brooks for putting on a little bit of muscle. Ooh. He's, he's looking good, Roush. He, and, you know, he's always kind of been a thinner guy. But going yeah. into year three, he's starting to kind of fill out a little bit. So, Benchero, you're going to have to score against a Keon Brooks, a uh, Oscar Shibway. You know, maybe you get the length of a Damian Collins. Lance Ware can kind of bang you around and, and get you in trouble. But all the early reports and the early raves are that Keon Brooks has really stepped up and turned a corner, Roush. 
Well, if there's one part of his game that was lacking, it was the physicality and ability to finish through contact at the rim. So I'm glad he's checked that box. Um, but you mentioned uh, Damian Collins, and my former ex-boss was talking about it from the Fans First Fan Fest, and it kind of echoes what we saw at those summer camps. And that's that Collins, his timidity... Like he, he's not the most like uh, charismatic, outgoing, boisterous guy. And I was always like, man, he looks really like shy for a 6'10", big, length, lengthy, athletic guy. And he has the athleticism to go up and bite a rim. But uh, as he pointed out, it was noteworthy that when they were picking teams, they picked Bryce Hopkins before they picked Collins. And you know what? Cool with me. Because Bryce Hopkins is a like I, I will happily take a physical guy that can face up and go to the basket. He's not going to protect the rim like Collins potentially could, but uh, fair to say that Collins might be further behind than than some may think. Yeah, that that seems to be the early rumblings and scuttlebutt. And I always hand up. This is on me. I'm going to try to make a point not to do it anymore. I'm I always forget to bring up Hopkins it, for no other reason but t- besides I I don't I don't know. He's just at the bottom of the name list when I reach inside my brain and start pulling out UK frontcourt players. But by all accounts, he needs to be squarely in the mix. Squarely the best. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I would maybe you know it's probably realistic to have him above Lance Ware in terms of who after Brooks and Shibway, who who's going to be the next guy up. He looks the part. Supposedly he's been kind of playing the part been doing good things so that's on me i need to continue to bring up hopkins as a potential option on the front court he's a big body he's got a good skill set uh and made a very for very smart decision i should say to not play his college basketball at louisville nick roush yeah man that what a mistake that would have been gosh Whew. wouldn't have been good and for collins that it's his highlight tapes were so fun, but the more and more you watched of him, I, I bought into it, and I hand up, I'm guilty for that. But the more you watched him, the more it was like good competition and uh, Anthony Day leagues and stuff like that. It, it wasn't uh, – and I, I did say that when we were watching. I'm like, didn't look like the best competition in the world. But, yeah, if he's got to take his time, I suppose that's all right. He can still do some things. Marcus Lee at a minimum, right? He should at least at a minimum be a Marcus Lee-like player. I can already tell you he's better offensively than Marcus Lee. So if that means in March and somebody gets hurt and we need somebody to be a surprise candidate to have a big game, I guess we should all put uh, Damian Collins' name in in the hat because he's probably going to be the guy to step up there. But, hey, if he's got to be a year two – like I mentioned yesterday, he can he, he's a similar kind of player to Lively, at least in terms of bounce, rim protection, finishing garbage around the rim. So put on a little bit more weight, get a little bit more experience, and and that could be a good added benefit for Kentucky there. Uh, but yeah, I, I've heard I've heard those I've heard those rumblings about Collins Roush. He's a little bit further behind. That's all right. Uh, and mm-hmm. then in the backcourt, you're not really hearing too many concerns really regardless. Ty Ty Washington obviously put on a show at the Fan Fest. You know what you're going to get out of Wheeler. Grady's the player that if you talk to anybody close to the team, they they will just like almost – same with us on the radio show. It's probably – this is probably not a coincidence, is that like you don't really mention him first and foremost, but anybody you talk to close to the program will be 
like salivating when you eventually get around to him. Like he's so consistent. He's steady. He's going to get a lot of points. He's going to have some huge games. Great. Love it. That's awesome. So he almost gets forgotten about, but everybody at UK is super excited about him. We know what Mintz can do. So the backcourt seems like a much more of a sure thing, but I love hearing the positive stuff from the front court, whether it be Keon Brooks or Hopkins or whoever it may be. So I, needless to say, Rush, I'm pretty pumped about this team. Definitely, definitely. And if I know that it's still a little ways away, but we started getting countdowns. Uh, I think we're now down to like 47 days. But I, I, I saw tweets over the weekend about 50 days of college basketball. I don't normally big blue camp out is like next week. Are they still, is it still a thing? I would Are say that get... with the, with the pandemic going on that they're, they're the pan, the, the camp out's probably not the tents probably not they, happening. So they're probably going to like, I don't think UK ever liked it because it's kind of a pain <laughs> to deal with all those people. So they're probably going to use that as an excuse to get rid of it. Just, just my hunch, just my hunch. Um, well, yeah, they've been wanting to. They they're in a tough spot. They they do not like it. There's no doubt about that. The liability issue of it, just having a bunch of grown adult strangers on a call. Co- yeah, you know, there's there's things that kind of make them nervous about the whole thing. But they do love it. Like they know how big of a recruiting tool it is too, and like how crazy it looks and how the novelty of it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever going to go away completely. But I think this will be their excuse. Like in the future, it's probably going to be like. 20 tenths or something like that yeah it's gonna be right, like really right, right. it, it's gonna be really it may just be like the the absolute novelty of it that like people still camp out at kentucky for practice tickets but and i hope they do try to figure out some way that they can do it, it, it even if they are kind of nervous about it but yeah they're they're not sweating not having to worry about it these years the, the last two years it's they're probably happy about that but I, I do hope they bring it back at least in some weird capacity i do i do as well but um you know, it, it we're getting close. Basketball season, it's uh, it'll be here before you know it. And you know how I can tell it's getting close, Terry. How's it's getting cooler outside? Oh Did, yeah. Have you, have you have you walked outside? Oh yeah. It feels great. It's sixty nine degrees outside. Oh nice, man. Yeah, 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 and we got a little cold front coming in. It's really gonna oh, feel. Oh like man, cold some the next few some, days. Some weather person was like. Uh, yeah, you might need to wear a jacket. It's going to be in the, the low 50s in the morning. I'm like, jacket, I want to just like be naked and just like roll around. Like, Ooh, woo, give me some on. cold weather, baby. Bring it on. Get out of here, Heat. Take out your suck it and suck it. TMI. High of 62 tomorrow. Pretty crazy. Gosh, love so, it. So uh, it's going to be warm today. but We're back. Uh, then, then it gets cool, and then I've got a wedding on Friday. The the wedding's uh, mid-70s. Looks like it's going to be an absolute gorgeous day there. So a lot to look forward to in the weather department. All right, and a lot to look forward to in the KRC department because we've got a whole other hour coming up next, and we got a full text line, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Get it on in, 502-414-1450. KRC returns for hour number two coming up next on Big X Sports Radio.
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Tuesday. Remember, KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday and replay plays 9 to 11 on Big X Sports Radio. If you haven't tried out the 96.1 FM signal, go on and give that bad boy a whirl. You mix it in with your radio presets. Always a good time. And or the music side of your presets, I should say. And then 1450 AM, also great on the AM side. Mix us and lock us in. We're always appreciative of that. And anywhere you get your podcast, you can find Kentucky Roll Call. Leave a rating and review if you did not mind. Fun first hour there, Roush, but we're going to get to the Thornton's text line here in hour two. But we still have some other topics to get to as well. Certainly. We're going to hear from Tyrese Fabry a little bit later. And I cannot say his name anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. But nevertheless, we'll do that. And, uh, uh, th- there was something pretty funny, Terry, like that, that happened last night. I didn't notice this because I don't really care to ever watch this show, but it was funny to see the social media reactions this morning. Uh, a new show, or it's not a new show, but I, I don't understand how it's still in the air, but Dancing with the Stars is back and they have Olivia Jade on the show. Do you Do you remember who Olivia Jade is? No. She is the influencer slash Lori Laughlin daughter who got was was really the the poster child of that uh, college admission admission scandal. And whenever they introduced her, uh, she was just like, most folks know me as an influencer. Like, yeah, sure they do. (laughs) They like wouldn't mention who her parents are because, you know, they're. In federal prison <laughs> like it was a, a real uh real real awkward so uh shout out to dancing with the stars for giving us just nothing but laughs yeah i'd have i would have no idea who that person is i mean i, I have no idea who that person is um you didn't p- keep up with the uh with the 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 breaking college was it, it no that was breaking cardinal rules the the varsity blues scandal I mean, I, I did, but I, not to, like, the point of the names. Of the, like, I was more, more focused on the celebrities that were going to be going to jail, not the kids that were benefiting off of it. Well, because she had, like, 5 million followers and talked about, like, man, I don't even feel like going to class today. It was, you know, a real brat about it. And it's like, oh, so your mom did all that just to have you not give a damn about school? So she <laughs> – so she – had a bunch of so she was famous for being a famous person's daughter yeah and she's a cute girl you know like so you know she would do all the fashion like instagram posing all that sort of stuff so um but yeah she she was famous on instagram prior to her mom getting in trouble for her getting into college gotcha yeah gotcha yeah yeah. Um, but nevertheless, I just I thought that was funny. Um, Imam Shumpert is on that show as well, but uh, you know, who cares? Man, the the other thing too that is is back in a big way. I know we're all excited for Survivor. There's one show that they keep promoting on Fox, 
And I can't think, I, I don't know if there's a show I can hate anymore. And it's another like mass singer white show, but they're like, this isn't the mass singer. It's you're making an alter ego. And it's like, I, is it like the avatar ones? Yes. Like I, oh, they, they God, really yeah. think people are going to watch that. That looks horrible. horrible. I don't really, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna the kind of the, the bit is is essentially and i don't even know watch a lot of tv so i i don't know how i've seen this and you have it but the bit is kind of like the voice we're like hey you can be fat and ugly and still be a pop star because we're gonna give you an alter ego and they cgi like these like fairies with wings to sing your song like they they hook you up it looks like you're uh doing the modeling for like madden while you're doing your singing and performing and it's, I, I guess, to hide the person's identity. Like, oh my gosh, they may be ugly, but they really can sing. It's so stupid. It's like the mass Singer without the cool costumes. Yeah, it's just we're going to CGI you and you're not a famous celebrity. Yeah, or quote lame. unquote famous. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just do do less TV. It's so bad. The Fox reality shows. God, they're... Whew. Hey, speaking of reality shows, Survivor tomorrow night. Very excited, very excited. The KRC crew, I don't think, has ever equally ever a, a been as excited for something than this. I mean, because even when we have big games, you know, there's going to be varied levels of excitement depending on who's playing. So I, yeah, I'm with. We the group chat might be pretty might be pretty hot Wednesday night. Yep, it it really could be. We need to save some takes though for the Patreon the next well, day. And here's the thing, guys. So I'll be working tomorrow, so I won't be able to watch it till I get home. So you can't text spoilers in a group chat. Okay. Uh, that's all, all right. that's, all, that's also know. that's also true. That's a good point. But you, you're not going to be able to work every Wednesday night, Justin. You do know that, right? I am going to work every Wednesday night, but I will also watch Survivor every Wednesday night. I guarantee it. He's going to uh, come for, home. He's going to yeah. pop open some beers. The, the be moment through my door, my roommate going to pull up. You ready to go? Uh, can I take my shoes off first? Relax a little bit. Nope, we're ready to play right now. He's just the biggest fan as we are. So, oh man, this is great. Feels like 2002. That's right. At least, at least season finale though. You, you, we're, you can't expect us not to do spoiler season finale night. If season finale is on a Wednesday, I will take that Wednesday off. But I'm hoping it's on the Sunday, like it's been in the past. They have done Sundays in the past. They've done Wednesdays in the past too. Make no they, they've had true. Wednesday show ending after eleven p.m. before. Ah, Survivor's the best. Although them doing twenty-one days this season, like, what's even the point? That's not Survivor. It's very disappointing. Like they and I, I they better I, make I, the conditions more harsh. Yeah, yeah. They can't be giving them a bunch of easy like, oh, here's your like, you know what I mean? Like they got to make it tough on them. And I think. They'll probably end up adding some producer wrinkles where people are getting voted off more frequently, stuff like that, um, just to make it, you know, really keep them on their toes. Ah, can't wait. That's tomorrow night. Uh, tonight, uh, no, no TV tonight, I guess. Nothing, nothing really going Tuesday, on. Tuesday, didn't we have this conversation about how Tuesday really is the worst? Yes. Yeah, that's been a long time. Yeah. staple of mine uh for for years now as a matter of fact yeah there's no there's no doubt about that uh, i guess there well hold on well there was uh something oh did you see you've been watching jeopardy you've been keeping up with that guy no no not at all 
Sorry. Well, you're missing out. You're missing out on one of like the greatest <laughs> Jeopardy players ever. Yeah, but it, it's just 7.30. That's, uh, that's Duke and Dad time. So, you know. And then now football is on afterwards. So, yeah, I'm just... I've been out, but is, is he still rolling? Because that's why they had to play the Mike Richards episodes, because this dude has just been crushing it, right? He is rolling, except now you have CBS is like advertising. They had a teaser going into last night's episode where I, I and excuse me, I, they have a new host. It's not the guy who got fired. Uh, it's it, well, I think this is like a filler host and I forget her name. But she was great. She does a great job. She was one of the guest hosts for like two weeks earlier. Is it Mayim Bialak? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I'd have to pull it up, but then the internet would be all bad. But she did a great job, whoever it was. But the te- like CBS was playing teasers, and it was her being saying, this is not a runaway. Which, like, they're basically now teasing him losing to draw in viewers. <laughs> and... Spoiler alert, he did not he did not lose. It was not a runaway by like $100 or something like that. But yeah, he is uh he is I don't know. I think he's over $800,000 or $750,000. He's rolling. He's really really good. But I have talked to several other Jeopardy fans that hate his guts. He's very animated. Huh. Very animated. Uh, he like he'll pronounce things kind of like it almost comes off as mockingly or sarcastic, but I I don't I I think he's just uh, kind of an eccentric kind of kind of person has a lot of um, a lot of energy I think. Yeah, well, good. I, I I like the guys on Jeopardy who either make people really mad or make people really happy. You know, I I I don't I don't like so like. Like most people love Ken Jennings. I know there's like a, a small portion that don't, but I like the guys that really will tick you off too. Like Nick Holzhauer, he was the dude who like you loved him or hate him. There was really no in between. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I love like you. You just want people you remember. Really, it's a show that you ha- you are going to forget ninety nine percent of the people you see on it. So it's always fun when it's one like, oh, that guy's still going or she's still going, and it's fun to. Uh, Kind of fun to follow along. But, yeah, I know some people that just are very much rooting for him to lose because uh, they, they can't stand him. I want to I, – I can't wait to see him in some of, like, the special the special contests. You know, you're, you're always going to have to – Brad Rutter maybe gets the boot now. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to bring out a fourth podium. Maybe they'll do that someday. But uh, he may get the boot. But I'd like to see Ooh. him go against Holzhauer and Ken Jennings mm-hmm. and all that right, stuff. Right, right. T- good tournament of champions. Good tournament yeah. champions on the way. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. All right, Justin, did you get that audio that I sent you a little earlier? Yeah, I got it. You want to play right. it? Yeah, this is the this was one of the I, I mentioned it an hour number one, but this was Roush. This was the only good part about them having a guest on for the Peyton and Eli broadcast. Which, by the way, if you're not watching on ESPN two for Monday night football it's an absolute must they've got to figure out the guest portion but pat mcafee former punter for the colts went to west virginia he actually did tell one good story i believe this is the whole story if not i'll fill you in on the pieces here you go we had a good time 
Okay, so we obviously had a couple of drinks. We go back to the casino there that's connected to the hotel. Peyton was very nice. He obviously rented out half of the casino, okay? And I've never seen this move happen, but we had this whole area to ourselves, basically. And uh, I had to head out of there early because I lost all my money at the big tables and I didn't really know the games they were playing. So I went over uh, to go back to our bedroom. And to get to our room, you had to walk right past the, uh, the, the roulette, basically. I had to walk right past it. We were sitting there. So I stopped and I put my... I put my chips all around. I was like, all right, number one, I'm wearing number one. Number four, Adam Vinatieri, I'm going to do that. I put all my chips out. It was like a couple hundred bucks worth or whatever. And then at that time, Peyton had come out of the area that we had, you know, in the back there from the thing. And as soon as that curtain moved, it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin with the glass break, you know. <laughs> His big-ass head, Eli, you've seen it before, I'm sure, a hundred times. As soon as it hits that public area, there's a buzz, you know. Ooh, Eli, or, or Peyton Manning, yeah. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, especially in French like Indiana. I mean, these people, Jesus Christ might as well just walked out from behind the curtain, you know what I mean? I mean, that just happened. So he's walking through this entire thing place is going crazy and i'm at the roulette thing or whatever you know and it's right before you get to the elevator so you had to walk past and he literally stops right next to me and he goes uh how about that red 18 pat and gives me like a gun and a wink you know and immediately at that point everybody that's at the table goes well who the hell is this doofus right that has been standing here and why did peyton even say anything to him and i i was like ah I don't, I don't know, I'm the caddy or whatever, you know. And then everybody kind of looks at me and we make a decision, a sound decision, and the dealer like almost waits. And they're like, we should, put, we should go on red 18. Everybody on the table put all the chips on red 18. I had to pick mine up off of one, four, all the other ones. And no, this is not a lie. This is no BS. I'm sure they have cameras and surveillance footage. Spins that thing, 18 hits, bananas. The whole place. Obviously, Peyton just walks out as if this was a regularity. Everybody got paid, and uh, it was at that moment. It was at that moment I was like, "All right, Peyton tells me to jump. Like, how high, dude? Whatever you need." In this the legend thing. grows. That's why the when he said the. That's why when that. he said, when he said the Raiders were going to go six and eleven after that first play last game. All right, I looked, that's 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 the geist of it. Uh, wild story, and I can imagine. Peyton Manning being an absolute king in French Lick, Indiana. But how sweet would that be? I've heard people have stories like that. I, I don't think I would, unless I just like evenly distribute it out on every single number. I've never hit a number on roulette. I very rarely ever try to go for numbers because I'm, I know I'm not going to hit it. But that would just be an unreal feeling to have a big jackpot on one specific number and that number came in. There was a viral video a couple years back of people putting like a couple hundred grand on a number. It's, I think it was in like some Russian casino or something like that. And that hit and they all, they got like 3.5 million or something like that. That would be such a cool moment to be there with your friends and have that happen, especially with Peyton Manning being the one picking the number. No, man, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> See, PJ, I'm like you. I don't play numbers. I'm a I'm typically a red black or odd even guy. And I don't know in that situation if Peyton comes in and tells everybody 18, I don't know that I'm moving my chips on to 18. I would have probably been the one clown at the table that lost money. Yeah, you would. No, you that's would. right up your alley, Justin. It, well, coming I mean, he did win the lottery at one point, but uh Justin, I think that you probably would do that. And you'd have you would regret that your entire life. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, everybody would be celebrating. I would be like, "Oh my gosh, what are the odds?" And then everybody, not good. Everybody in that store, because you know, 
you got to think however many people were there, however many people were watching. That's a story that probably close to like four dozen people at least have been able to. I was at the casino and Peyton Manning, he put 18 on and everybody went crazy. Or I was at the I was at the table and Peyton Manning did that. Justin, everybody would also add that caveat. There was just one kid who didn't move his oh, yeah. chips off that number. Yeah. He was the only one that didn't win, and we all gave him a good laugh. Now I will I will tell you this. If he if that scenario did play out and I was at the table and I was on either odd or black, I probably would have switched to even or red, but I definitely would not have put it on eighteen. Man. Oh, it's just money. You gotta, yeah. you know, you're there. Make to more play. tomorrow. When Peyton Manning tells you what's play eighteen, you play eighteen. By God, you really, really do. And when I say let's get to the Thornton sex line, what do we do? We go to a break. <laughs> we can do. We can go to a break if you want. Uh, we we. I was gonna wait a little bit longer to go. To <laughs> no, no, break. you're. I'm just. I'm just messing with you, Terry. I liked it no. though. Yeah, that was that was that was a good. Gotcha, Joan. Joe, come on, bring him out. Bring him out. Texter says, if any other fan base trotted out the throw the, out the game film take after struggling to beat an average FCS opponent, Roush would write a KSR article mocking them. Ridiculous of Nick to suggest that's what we should do. Saturday's game was extremely concerning. No, I wouldn't write a KSR article mocking them. Uh, people say that all the time. It takes a little more effort than to just like, can you believe that he's saying that the FCS struggling to beat him is not a big deal? It's, yeah, no. no I'm sucking texture. Take out your suck it and you suck it. I'm on suck team texture. That's suck exactly it. what Roush would suck do. It. And then suck he'd it. rattle off six tweets about it. No. Uh, Saturday's game also was not extremely concerning. Like, Yes, it was not fun at the time, but extremely concerning. You're going to forget about this. because Just like you forgot about the time that Kentucky barely beat Eastern Kentucky in overtime, and then the next week they went down to South Carolina and won. We literally Remember? bring up that Eastern Kentucky game every year. Nobody has forgotten. Yeah, but you forget that. that afterwards they went down and they beat South Carolina by 10. And then I think that was the next week Spurrier quit. Right? 2017? Or no, that was Muschamp. Sorry. It was the time before when they struggled to beat Louisiana Lafayette. Boom scores on the first play. Kentucky blows a three-touchdown lead. Michael Horton needs to run over some dude in the end zone to save that game. We don't talk about that game because the next week, Kentucky won their first road game in 22 attempts, I believe. Um, so, yeah, this has happened before. There's precedent for it. Kentucky struggles against a bad team that they shouldn't struggle against, and then they go beat South Carolina on, on the road the following week. And what if they were to lose to South Carolina? Then would you say the Chattanooga game was more concerning than you're letting on? Yeah, I mean, uh, doy. It, it. So what it would what it would tell me, Terry? Uh, it, it would tell me that this team is not as good as we thought they were, but they should still finish with eight wins. Right or or maybe even not. I don't know. That that's when you you games you start thinking of as guaranteed wins don't become such guaranteed wins because, but I just, I honestly can't, I can't see them losing this game. I can see them winning a close one, but I don't see them losing this game. I just, they are. I, have, I have, I have more confidence in the talent on this team. And yes, the talent didn't come ready to play, but that offensive line played as bad as it's going to play all year. Um, I, and I, I think that was a big reason why they struggled because the big blue wall just came out sleepwalking. And I, I don't, I don't think you're going to get too many performances like that. 
I, I hope you're right. And I, I think Kentucky wins. That's that's my feel as of today. Uh, they are just – there's too much talent. They are better than than South Carolina. I do think there's going to be a little curve with it being a road game. I, I think that it's going to – I wouldn't be shocked if at times Kentucky looks sloppy. There's some issues with this defense. There, that That is – and I hope that they fix them. I hope they look great on Saturday. But I'm not expecting them to look great, at least not for four quarters. I think they're going to have a bad stretch. I think South Carolina is going to be able to move the ball some. Uh, I'm just hoping that Kentucky makes more turnovers than they commit because I haven't even gotten to the offensive side of the uh, of my of my point or at least of my concerns heading into Saturday because that's another one of them. Is I know the offense is going to turn the ball over. I hope they don't do it and it automatically leads to South Carolina points. No pick sixes or scoop and scores. And hopefully it's not deep in Kentucky territory. If you're gonna if you're gonna turn it over, Will Levis, let it be an arm punt. Put them deep in their own territory. We can live with stuff like that. So there are some things that I one expect to go wrong for Kentucky on Saturday. And two, if they do, how the the outcome of the games probably determine how UK responds to its own mistakes. Because this game is more about UK than South Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. And one UK thing is a better team. It shouldn't be so much what South Carolina does; it's what UK's doing because they should be able to do really whatever they want. The one thing that is encouraging, I guess, from a defensive standpoint, a lot of the, I mean, they still haven't given up a play. Uh, I think a pass play of over thirty yards. You know, the way that Kentucky's defense typically operates is, all right, you let the teams dink and dunk. You just got to make tackles in open field. That has been their biggest problem because they, and it's the reason why they haven't been able to get off the field on third down. That and not just creating some havoc. If they can just get off the, the field on third down two or three more times than they have against other opponents, I, I'm that that's really like the bend don't break philosophically i think they're there it's just you have to make a few more plays um luckily south carolina too i just don't think they're competent enough in the passing game to be able to dink and dunk down the field uh so and, and they're not really going to be a threat vertically either if you just take away their one home run hitter so uh i i'm not is uh like extremely concerning the extremely thing i I've gotten off that like four or five years ago. Stoops at least got me to that point where bad games every once in a while aren't going to make me completely hit the panic button. I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, I I, I just had such high expectations for this team. And I, yes, I had some concerns about pass rush, but thought mostly it'd be all right. Yeah, I had some concerns about the depth issues in, in the secondary there, there were some things that you had in the back of your mind with this defense, and I feel like those things have come to fruition more than the certainties that we thought that that we would have. So it's just a little bit more head scratching than like shock and awe and disappointment and all. I still think it's going to get better. I still think it can be solid. The only I, I don't know if it's ever going to be good. Ooh pass rushing without sending in some help which is a little disappointing being a Packers and UK fan with the defense so far really really steaming my biscuits but I I, I, yeah. I think they can get better and I think it's a defense that plays with a lot of confidence where if they can see some things early then or if you can play with the lead but then against Missouri they had a lead and- I mean 
The my, man, it's I, I I know you're talking a lot about the defense, but like these are all blowouts if Kentucky's offense just doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> like I mean, you you your your turnover margin is I think the sixth worst in college football. Like water needs to find its level, and it will eventually. But I mean that I think going in this year, TJ, I we knew that the offense was going to have to score more points. I mean, the defense is, after all, replacing how many guys that got drafted in the NFL draft? Six. So, you know, that that was going to be something you were going to have to deal with. And these games are blowouts if they just take care of the football. I mean, it was a 28-7 to lead at halftime over Missouri. How, I, Will Levis gave Chattanooga three points, just like handed it to them. Kentucky had four straight three and outs in that first half Saturday, and the offense did nothing with it. So that's fine, but it's also twenty-one to seven if you don't let Missouri literally march down the field on you in two minutes in a blink of an eye, like it was nothing. And it's also just it's Chattanooga. They, they should they should be lucky to get first downs against you, let, let alone touchdowns. I mean, they did so, it for a half. That, that yeah. was that was my point. Is like they did it for a half, and the offense that was their chance to blow them out. And then when you give an FCS team some confidence, they'll do some wacky stuff. They they will, but it shouldn't happen against a Mark Stoops defense. And you're right about the turnovers. Nobody's excusing the turnovers either. That that's got to be fixed as well. Uh, the defense, I just to me, has been the the biggest disappointing surprise or unpleasant surprise, if you will. But it's early. It's three games into the season. Two were against garbage opponents. One they looked pretty good uh, against. The other one. Uh, they had a pick six to close the game for what it was worth. They have made the plays when they've had to. So I guess at the end of the day, it still is, in large part, bend, don't break. Uh, but you're playing with fire, and the level of competition picks up in a big way after the South Carolina game. And the South Carolina game is still an SEC road game, which is nothing to kind of scoff at. So it will uh, – but they will get better. I, and I've, I've got confidence. Mark Stoops time and time again has have shown – his defenses do get better in time. So I, I think they'll figure it out, or at least I'm hoping. And good confidence-building game if you can go down on the road and make life difficult on the Gamecocks. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll get more to the Thornton's text line. Roush has an interview for us. You're listening to KRC here on Big oh, Exports okay. Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and... Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. Roush. Oh, potheads. What an adorable... <laughs> what an adorable bunch of people. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, Sports TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Went to Salsaritas yesterday, picked up a quick lunch. I wasn't able to eat till much later in the afternoon, so I was hungry, and it was delicious as it always is. They've got two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthews newly renovated. And download the app. It's going to save you some money. Refer a friend, you get 10 bucks. How about that? 
and but you're always going to build up points, get free entrees, uh, all that good stuff. And if you know anybody looking for employment, Salsarita's hiring, fun environment to work, no late nights, and they've got a referral program where you get basically paid extra money to bring your friends to work with you. Uh, sounds like a dream come true, if I'm being honest. All right. Uh, text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Ralph, should I say we get back to it? Keep keep uh, rolling right along? Well, are we going to play this interview? Well, how long is the interview? I figured we'd just you know, get through the text and finish with the interview. Okay. Works fine for me. About ten minutes. It's not, it's like eight and a half. Okay, there we All go. Right. Justin, I say there. we just we we roll through the text line. Don't you know? Don't go too fast, but you know, be prompt with them, and uh, and then we'll close it out with it. Sounds great to me. All Sounds right. Sounds great to me. Uh, texter says, "Where did the initial confidence from the UK side come from when Lively announced his commitment date? Pretty odd." Uh, I think, honestly, Kyle Tucker, and I think Kyle Tucker was connecting the dots of UK's on a hot streak. You were in the string of kids announcing that they're going to be announcing, and here you have an announcement for an announcement. Kentucky's on a hot streak. Uh, It's got to be Kentucky. And Kentucky had recently visited them and whatnot. But uh, sadly, no. Wanted to be a dookie for some some dumb, dumb reason, which Roush and I talked about in hour number one. One thing I don't get, and you're not necessarily doing this, you're just asking for the origin, but like when there's people who get mad that why would KSR got everybody so fired up to think he was going to Kentucky, you idiots. It's like, what? I I, I don't understand that side of things, like getting mad at the media – or anybody in general for just getting it wrong initially. Like, yeah, I, I think it was it was easy to piece together why those two could be a thing. And then within a few hours, you didn't see all this. Like, it kind of ended after a few hours. You know what I mean? I will say I noticed, like, a bunch of KSR articles about his, like, his announcement date and commitment and that could have just been happenstance that i saw like on facebook i saw the article link that's what it is is those so here here's the thing tj and this is totally like it's facebook is different than the website and i think the problem was is like those things get a ton of shares so naturally i'm going to post the graphic as a thing and then i'm going to post uh, the story and say, could Kentucky get three top five guys in two weeks? And that's a question. That's not saying that it's going to happen, but like in people's brains, they're saying Kentucky's going to get three top five guys in two weeks. Like, no, that's a tease that makes you click on the article and share it more. And I think that's where some of the confusion is, is they don't understand the, like how you have to make the tease a little bit more tantalizing than the, the article. And they just assume it as fact. Yeah, and I it to to be completely fair, I was annoyed by it just because I knew he wasn't going to go to Kentucky, and I really wanted Lively. But like a normal sane adult, I just moved on and kept on living my life and didn't let something like so something so trivial actually bother me for more than just a split second to be like, ah, hi, he's going to go to Duke. It was just a constant reminder that this kid's going to go to Duke. Uh, there, are, I, I'm convinced that there is 20% of the UK fan base 
that follows recruiting that should not follow recruiting. And if you take out that 20% Roush, things are a lot calmer, more relaxing, uh, slightly a little bit more normal, but there's, there, there were actually people that were like legitimately like, ugh, can't believe we missed out on Lively. Hey, I'm bummed by it too, but oh no, you didn't get another top five guy to go along with the two we already have. Grow up. Grow up. And, I, and there's not many. There's I'm talking to like two people probably. There's right, not many. Right. But I, I swear, it seems like one out of five UK fans just probably like take a break from recruiting. Take, take a breather. And then the one in... I don't know. One in a thousand are just like the most obnoxious people in in the entire world. But uh, yeah, don't follow along if it gets people worked up. And we're not saying that about you, Texter. That's a fair question because I kind of yeah, thought the same yeah. thing too. And I think that's uh, I think that's your answer is just Kyle's confidence and also just connecting the dots about Kentucky's little hot streak there. A Texter says Hulu does have a continue watching slide. Well, it's a pain in the butt to find. Their fast forward and rewind also kind of stinks. So does Amazon's though. So I can't get, you know, it's not exclusive to just them. Um, another text says, Justin, you idiot. Learn how to use a microphone. You're screaming. It's blowing my speakers out. Yeah. Hand up on that one. My uh, sound a little, little hot yesterday. I heard it as well. You, you are just a tiny bit hot, but it's, it's not enough to really change anything. Well, today should be fine. You still just are like a little sharp, I think. Yeah, just just, that's just my personality, buddy. <laughs> no, it's definitely micro <laughs> microphone driven, microphone driven, and it's it's not it's just it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't really? I don't I don't need you getting all worked up about it. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like it's not very nice texter to start a text with Justin, you idiot. No, um, I like not wrong. No, no, we don't. We we're nice here on KRC. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line says Stoops was asked about nine hurries and no sacks. His response was they were well coached and got the ball out quick. Are we expecting teams to not get the ball out quick or be well coached going forward into SEC play? Not sure how that makes us feel any better or solve the dink and dunk issues. Yeah, his yeah. coaches show he didn't really get like. I, I liked him saying the team kind of rebounded, blah, blah, blah. But he, he didn't really give – he hasn't given specifics on what he thinks is going to fix this. Well, and that was my exact question to him. And he's like, uh, if you watch it, they didn't really drop back to pass. It was one-step quick throws. And when they did get pressure, they got the 95-yard pick six. He's like, well, I'm pretty glad they didn't get a sack there. Um, so well, then don't, well, if they're not dropping back, then don't play a soft – soft coverage yeah but like there's also a part of it too where you're at kentucky has three cornerbacks and they're not as great as the ones they previously had so like if you're telling them not to play soft coverage they might just be getting beat a ton you know okay well, <laughs> so Ch- it's like Ch- chattanooga receivers are beating you then then that's good we need to learn we need to learn that about you as a db as soon as possible but like then what do you do you have three the, corners then you then Tay Tay, come on over, baby. I, you fig- I don't know. You figure, <laughs> I mean, like, you figure something out. But if you can't go man to man with Chattanooga receivers, we need to know that. Like, yeah, that's but it's also like you're all, like Stoops plays soft zone. That is what Stoops I, does. I know, He's not changing from that. I, like, I know, but <laughs> I, I, you, you, like, I feel like we don't actually all disagree as much as we're letting on for the sake of radio. But I feel like you're being somewhat dismissive of textures with concerns. 
And all you're basically doing is just like reiterating what Stoop says, which is like, okay, we understand that, but it's not working. No, we're going to make it work. The thing, the, I think the only misconception I want to get across with all of the defensive frustrations is that they really have doubt. Like, I think Brad White has been more aggressive than he's ever been. It's just they aren't resulting. Like, instead, there's a risk and reward when you call an aggressive shot. And right now, they aren't getting, they've they got the rewards on two of the plays, really. And almost every other time, it's been the risk. And I think some of that is dealing with you're replacing six guys who got drafted in the NFL. I think that's a big part of it. It's three games into the season. Mistakes are going to happen. Like Carrington Valentine, he the the one screen pass that they scored a touchdown on on third down, Kentucky got aggressive. They played man, and Carrington Valentine, a guy who's played in three football games, that was his fourth start ever, he 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 whiffed. He just completely whiffed. So, like, that's, that's just going to happen. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it sucks, and you've got to fix it, but I don't know what else you can do, like, other than just be mad that he lost and he got beat. That's fair. And again, I, I, I'm not like hitting the absolute panic button, but I just haven't also loved what I've seen. And it is worth mentioning, which we have done, the defense closed out the Missouri game and the defense closed out the, the Chattanooga game. As frustrating as it was for large chunks of those games, they, they were the ones that put the, the, the clamps down on them and they, and they made big plays when they had to. But it's just I think some people were expecting more. You haven't seen it. So they're they're concerned about it, but um, that I, I I think we're we we don't disagree as much as this radio conversation would let on. A texter says, "KR, uh, hey TJ, I just finished Monday's show. How could you not bring up the fact Nick and Scoot Steelers got whipped around by my Raiders? Las Vegas is now winning the AFC North as well as the West. Carr is looking like an MVP caliber player. Suck it, Steelers fans." And that's from Billy Big Blue. I did reference it yesterday, but I didn't really hit it home. Uh, mm, but I did make yeah. a little reference to it. Uh, but, yeah, we, we talked more about it today. The Steelers stink, and Justin and Roush are miserable. Roush is going to jump ship after this season. And I'm Justin not miserable. Will just be will be stuck in misery for the rest of his it, life. It doesn't I'm help. A, go on. Go on. I, I was just going to say, I'm a Reds fan and an Indiana fan. I'm stuck in misery for the rest of my life regardless. <laughs> Justin, what's the first thought you have? after a bad loss when you roll off your mattress onto the floor each morning? Is it just like, well, you know, that's sports, or do you put on a brave face? What's your mindset going into each day? Are you talking for all my teams or just the Steelers? Uh, Steelers are, are Indiana football or basketball. Reds games, you know, that's a little uh, – each game, who cares about one specific right. loss. But uh, a game where, you know, it, it matters. How do you – I mean what, – What's your mindset? Just To you be completely – yeah. To be completely honest with you, I roll out of bed the next day and I usually forget all about it. Unless it's like a a super traumatizing one. Um, Cincinnati might fall in that category. I might have woke up and thought about it the next day. Like, just damn, how could a game just slip yeah. away so fast? But now I really, after the game's over, I, I try not to think about it. On to the next one. Yeah, the Reds too. Just who could have seen this? They're blowing it in September. Just absolutely. Blind. I could have saw it. My roommate said a month ago that the Reds have it, the wild card locked up. And from that moment on, it's been over. Did yeah. they win yesterday? No. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, right. I think they, they win yesterday. They, I'm getting, I think I'm they came back. Red, yeah, Red, they were losing 5-1. Reds fans crack me up. 
normally like if it's you know july and they're playing really well it's they're, they're gonna go win the world series if it's may and they're playing really poorly then you need to sell 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 everybody stinks and everybody sucks and then now they're just a complete like mind bleep they have no idea what to feel like after one inning everybody's just well we've clearly mailed it in this is it and then after another inning, we can get hot. Like we have the schedule is very favorable, and I'm sure that it is. But uh, they, they I'm, I get a real hoot following along with Reds fans. Uh, Texture on the Thornton's text line uh, says, uh, "Hearing you and Nick scream at each other has me in absolute tears on this rainy Monday." Prime Entertainment. You're welcome, Texture. You're absolutely welcome. Another texture says, Green Bay's defense is the straight cheeks, TJ. Wow, that first half was really, really rough. They play better. And the funny thing is, like, Jarek Alexander, I think, is the best second player in the secondary in the NFL. Like, safeties or corner he, he, or, or cornerbacks. He is awesome. They don't Jalen Ramsey. They don't go – they don't throw or go his way. And when they do, it's a big mistake, and you can see why. Knows the Darius yesterday – Green Bay's got to get a little healthier on defense, but it's it's not going to be great. Like, Rodgers going to have to be really good this year. I love that they did a healthy dose of Aaron Jones, fed the hot hand, but defense is going to be an issue all year for the Packers, and I'm not happy about that. I wouldn't be happy about it either. TJ White, you need to get healthy too. Uh, another texture from the Thornton's text on says, we can mock Duke's pitch of the brotherhood all we want, but it works. A lot of kids seem to like the pitch, and in my opinion, oh, it's a lot cooler no, than our pitch up. of La Familia. I think La Familia up. needs to go. That is just so stupid. That is the I, dumbest text that has ever been sent into this show. Like, Kentucky and Duke be- are both great college basketball programs. Some kids just like one more school than the other. It's annoying as hell, but it's not because they call it the Brotherhood instead of La Familia. Stupid. And that's not to say that like La Familia is cool or whatnot, but stop. Stop texting into our show saying the Duke's thing the, the the defending the brotherhood give me a break yeah. a texter says when comparing duke bigs to uk bigs it's baffling that we have been losing out on top centers in classes since nerlands yeah not yeah. To- not not totally and completely true um but you're losing, good. <laughs> you're losing more than you should be Bam, and, pretty good and yeah. they're really good at developing bigs it doesn't make sense uh it, it's now nah, we'll move on to the next one. Just texting uh, in to tell Derek Lively to suck it. Yeah, there we go. Um, uh, we did have some breaking Duke news, though. J.J. Reddick's retiring. So, suck it, J.J. Uh, I saw his last college game in Austin, Texas. He was uh, an awesome basketball career. Good good for J.J. Reddick. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Uh, he, he He's the classic. He was probably the first Duke guy to go to the pros and, like, turn from heel to, like, you know what? He's not that bad. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's really, it's kind of crazy how well he did that. And yeah. he played some, for some unlikable NBA teams too. But uh, I guess it was just like, oh, he's just really fun. He's really fun to watch shoot. And he was one of the shooters, like the shooting sensations that actually made it in the NBA. Yeah, I, I, it's also one of those things too where like I, you start to feel bad for how crappy people treated him at Duke. And you're like, yeah, maybe we're a little hard on him. We can be nice to him now. Well, he also he he finished college at the end of like a different type of socially acceptable student sections. And then things kind of started to change after he got out. So, yeah, he did get he got it pretty bad. He got it pretty much as bad as that. Probably anybody after like the 70s when you were allowed to 
stick cigarette butts into people's skin when they jumped into the crowd. Yeah. Man, can you imagine just like lighting up and watching a basketball game in person? Um, might be happening for too long. Just lighting up with something else. Am I right? Well, no, they're never going to allow indoor smoke smoking again, <laughs> but it uh, would be just wild times. Okay, a texter says, hey, gents, horrible fandom football weekend. Luckily went all in on the wild parlay, hit and woke up with possible tax repercussions. Oh, <laughs> that's great. At least I didn't root for a team that cost someone $700,000. Cough, TJ. Ah, just playing around. Got to smile during these times. So keep up the good work. Go Cats. Hammer the Cats, giving five and a half, five. Yeah, I like Kentucky to cover that as of today as well. Did you all – very the quickly – team parlay, yeah, that busted – yeah, I had the Lions, and uh, well, that's what you get. Yeah, that's gambling. Why, why, why do you bet on Detroit against Green Bay? Like, you should know better. Did he have a cash out option or no? I'm sure he probably had. not. He I would have prop swapped it or something. He yeah. probably heads. Um, Texter uh, says, hearing the big exports radio commercial announcing Scooter Dingus on roll call is great. Whoever decided to do that needs a raise. Well done, Dugan. Well, that would be well Mr. Kelsey, done. actually. It was hilarious. It, it was well executed. Somebody told me about it, and then the first time I heard it, I still smile every time I hear it, and that's during a commercial, if you're a podcast listener, during a commercial, during the live show. you got to tune in to Big X Sports Radio to hear it, and we've got great radio all day, folks. A texter says, boo, terrible Roush interviews. He even said it wasn't a good one. Ah, <laughs> uh, suck it, texter. Uh, Roush says, you could put it on Patreon or on three. Well, the problem is, is like, you know, why promote it if I'm not going to just put it on here? I could put any interview. I have 17 different podcasts, but I was trying to give our KRC listeners something nice. If you don't want it, then you won't get it. <laughs> the text said, Roush, you could put the interview on Patreon. Oh, I could. Or on three. You said Roush said, just to clear up the confusion. Uh. I'm fine with – I love when you got the interviews for us, but we started the text on too late, and that's once again – Also, we only had – we didn't have very many texts, text, and then it just – it did blow up during the show. So. And that happens from yeah. time to time as well. Yeah. Uh, Roush – or the texter – excuse me. John here. Good morning to all. I'm happy for you, TJ. Good job on the pack. Thanks. I did it, John. But the Cowboys will still be the big dogs in the NFC yard. Hey, someone needs to cut Rogers' hair. That stuff looks like a young Bruce Springsteen and Billy Ray Cyrus had a baby. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. I absolutely love all the Rogers memes. They always crack me up. Uh, I don't really think his hair looks all that great, but who am I to talk? So He really does look like William H. Macy, like a spitting image. <laughs> I, I, I've loved them. I, I've loved. There's been so many funny ones. Generally, like with him being like a junkyard salesman or somebody arrested for stealing engines out of cars and whatnot. Uh, all of them very accurate. The texter on the Thornton text line. Boy, we're back on the road. Another brand new Thorntons. They sponsor the text line, and boom, new construction everywhere. That's the big X effect. Never we're been bigger. bigger we're bigger and X here. Yep. That's what we say around the studio. Uh, how about uh, Nick's old boss and Michael Bennett beef? Reminds me of the South Park mascot battle episode. <laughs> you didn't finish the text. I don't think I'm reading. Uh, Giant douche versus a turd sandwich is the South Park episode that they're referring to. Oh. Yeah, that's a very public radio beef. And I, for one, am enjoying seeing it. Uh, another texter says, Mark Stoops ain't losing to no Gamecocks. That man loves a road game, and our boys will be fired up. I do think they'll be very fired up for this game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Have a great day, guys. Fall is in the air, and UK football is rocking. I recommend Salsaritas to anyone that's having people over to watch the South Carolina game. Your friends will be grateful. Oh, yeah, got to get that nacho table tailgate. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the uh, 
we'll we'll start we're, we'll start promoting the the tailgating for this upcoming weekend because two road games for the local teams. What's Indiana? They're they're on the road too, right? Bowling Western Green? Kentucky. So yeah, technically yeah. not a road game because it's in Kentucky. That's and true, but uh, Salsaritas, that's the perfect – like, taking it to the tailgate is great, and that's awesome, but taking it to, like, a house party is just easier for you, you know, like, less having to carry stuff around. So we'll, we'll start getting into that bad boy tomorrow. Salsaritas is so good. So, so Somehow, good. Netflix is the only one with a good interface. It really is true. I just like being able to push in the numbers. Is that so much to ask? <laughs> I can still tell you numbers from when we were growing up, Roush. Nickelodeon was 42, 42 ESPN 44, Disney Channel 29, 29, oh yeah, big time, FX, USA 28, 33, TBS 27, MTV yeah. 37, History mm-hmm. Channel 54, Animal Planet 60, look at us. Yep. God, y'all are nerds. We've yep. got memories. Uh, we haven't burnt out all our brain cells yet, Justin. A texter says, did you know there's a Salsaritas in Lexington? It's right off Nicholasville Road in Kroger Shopping Center. Just so you all know, that's a different that's a different umbrella than ours, but their chips are the same. So you at least do get the wildly addicted. Well, are chips. their chips the same? I'm pretty I've sure they heard, are. I heard that they weren't exactly the same. What? Yeah. That they're oh, not no. as good as the ones in Louisville. That's just well, the word on the street. I've got nothing against the Lexington or other location Salsaritas, but the best ones are in Louisville. I can say that confidently, although I obviously don't know for sure. But I can say it confidently that you're going to get an amazing meal. I've never been Definitely. to another Salsaritas outside of Louisville. Hmm. Why I go to one outside of Louisville? Why go to one outside of Louisville when you've got you've got the best right there in your backyard? Boom! Right in your All backyard. Right. You want to play this interview? Let's play it. It'll be put on the podcast. All right. Well, we'll we'll head out. But Justin, is that cool? Yeah, I can just stick it on the end of the podcast. All right. Sounds awesome. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for all the texting of the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Roush, what do you have for us tomorrow on the show? You said you had something big. Yeah, something big. You'll just have to wait and see. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday. Nick Roush here, now joined by new UK commit Tyrese Fibri. Uh, Fibri, sorry about that. Congrats on the commitment. I got to say, of all of the Kentucky football commitments in recent years, few have been so surprising. I don't think many people saw this coming. Uh, Why did you decide to decide Saturday night? Um, Saturday night, just, uh, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, say like Saturday night. Uh, I mean, end the night off good. Yeah, I, you know, why not? Uh, had, how had things been progressing? Have you had you been down to Lexington recently? Not recently, but I was in Lexington this summer on an official visit, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed myself down there, just getting to know the coaches, um, getting to know the players. So that was, I mean, I mean, that's a big part of the process. So I'm curious. You 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 did take your visits in June. Right after you took those, you committed to Penn State, but you know only backed off a week or two later. What, what changed between now and then that made you realize 
Kentucky's the place to be. Um, just I'm like when I, like when I committed to Penn State, I had like a gut feeling after like a week after, like it's like, is this really what I want to be? Is this like do I want to be here for the next four years? And I had to really think to myself. I mean, like, do I really like do I really want to be here? Like, and I mean, I felt wanted there, but at the same time, like that's not where I wanted to be. So I mean, just going down and like, I mean, just building that bond with the Kentucky coaches, like they've been there the whole way through. Um, that was like a real big thing because like some college coaches like they'll stop talking to a kid when they feel like I mean he's not gonna be here or you're not gonna come here. Yeah, I mean even though I did uh, I did commit to Penn State, Penn, uh, Kentucky was still there. Um, so I mean just just by being with a uh, coaching staff like that with Coach uh, Coach Stoops, uh, Coach Buff, and Coach uh, Coach White. I mean those are great those are great guys down there. Um, they really they really care about their players. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's why, I mean, I want to be there. So I'm curious, you mentioned Coach Buff and Coach White. They, they haven't done a ton of recruiting, like a ton of guys aren't, you know, necessarily their lead recruiters. What, what, what about those two uh, really, I, I guess, made the difference? And, and, and you knew you had the right connection because of, of, of how they recruited you. Yeah, like, it's just like, it's, it's been there always, like, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I first met Coach White, I mean, he was a great guy. Like when I met him in person, I mean, like his personality was, I mean, I was like, like that's like that's a guy you I want to be around. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, just coaching wise, like that's a great coach. To, I mean, that's a great coach to have. I mean, just sitting down with him, talking, uh, talking film. Like, not too many coaches will do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, with a player after recruiting. I mean, just, I mean, uh, helping me fix my mistakes on on the field. So, I mean, just having a coaching staff, I mean, that'll, I mean, that'll help you even when you're still in high school. I mean, that's a big thing. How, how does uh, Coach White, his NFL experience, did that play any sort of role in your, your decision? I'm going to be totally honest. I forgot Coach White even coached uh, the NFL. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the honesty, you know, because, like, I'm not going to lie, we sit here and we we try to get into everybody's brains, and everything means something different. Like, I don't know, one school's dorms might just suck too much, <laughs> you know. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the decision. I just know that uh, folks around the Big Blue Nation, they're really excited to have you here. I think when they pop on your tape, they're like, oh, wow, that looks like a, another Josh Allen. And uh, I'm sure you're going to be hearing that a lot over the next four or five years. Yeah, I've been getting compared to Josh Allen since I touched. I mean, even stepped on campus. That's <laughs> uh, not a bad comp. That's not a bad comp. He was at the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, so I, I do have to ask you: Are, are you going to be coming down to Lexington uh, again anytime soon? Um, uh, I'm gonna try to get down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than likely, I'll try. Uh, try my best to get down to Lexington. Um, I mean, hope. I mean, I'm trying. I like. I really want to get back down there. I mean, even though I'm mean, committed, I want to watch, uh, watch the way they play up and, up and close and in person. Right, right. It's a little bit different when you got a full stadium, the place is rocking at night. And uh, I know that game forward to next week is going to be uh, certainly going to be a crazy one. Um, and I'm curious, too, because you're, you're from Pittsburgh. It's a little bit 
So that's where a lot of uh, UK football recruits, players are from that area. How well do you know uh, some some of the other guys in this uh, UK recruiting class? Um, I'm not really too familiar with the uh, guys in the UK recruiting class. Um, so, like, uh, actually, yeah, I have talking to uh, talking to uh, Keaton Wade's brother. Mm-hmm. Forgot his name was. Uh, Destin, I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the quarterback. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to him. Um, um so I mean, like, I'm not yeah. too familiar with any other players. Right, right. Well, you know, you're in Pittsburgh. It's a little bit different up there. I am curious because, so like, isn't here, here's the thing? Isn't Pittsburgh? Isn't like the fries on a sandwich? Isn't that the thing up there? Sorry, say it again. It's do, pretty loud. Don't y'all put, don't y'all put like French fries on sandwiches up there? Isn't that Pittsburgh's thing? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fire. <laughs> okay, well, so I like to, whenever I see a sack, it's like the replacements. I call it a sack lunch. So I'm curious, what is in your ideal sack lunch? Sack lunch? Like, yeah. Like, what do I eat? Yeah, like if you're if you're going to build a sack lunch, you know, you got maybe some potato salad. I don't know. You, what, what's the what's even the sandwich that you have there? I guess it's one with fries on it? Oh, uh, so we got, uh, I mean, we got, it's called Pernami Rose. So it's like coleslaw, um, uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, I forgot what it's called. It was like um, corned beef or something? I, I, yeah, they got corn, it's corned beef. Um, it got corned beef, it got fries, it got coleslaw, it got all kinds of stuff on there. I mean, I mean, I don't really, I don't really eat that stuff. Um, <laughs> I hear my, you. my sack lunch, I'd probably say it'd be like, because I mean, like I like a lot of fruit, so that's like pineapples. Ah. Um, pineapples burger with fries on it. Um, mac and cheese. Got I don't you. know. Like, I, I mean, it's, I mean, we got some different. I mean, kind of style up here. Got you, got you. I hear you. Um, I, last time we talked, I had to ask you about the Steelers. What the hell's going on up there, man? I have no clue. Man. <laughs> Big Ben looked old yesterday. I, he just, I don't know. Something uh, uh, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. I mean, hopefully, I mean, he can, I mean, he can play this next game better than he did when he played the Raiders. Man, that was rough. <laughs> that, that was rough. Uh, but, you know, the, the, better, the better days are ahead uh, for me and all the other Steelers fans out there. Well, Tyrese, I, I appreciate you talking. With me today, and uh, I know you're excited to join the Big Blue Nation. Uh, congrats on your commitment, and uh, man, I, I, I know Kentucky fans can't wait to see you down here in blue and white. Sure, thank you, appreciate it. All right, thanks, Tyrese.